What's up, everybody? We're back with another episode of Questionable for Sunday. As always, joined by the main man, the con man, con daddy, Kamish. What's up, man? Tired, dude. It's just exactly what I said right before we got on here. I'm tired. It's my first week of unemployment, and uh, dude, it's hard being unemployed. Let me tell you, man. It's tough, dude. Let's give us a scoop. What's what is what has very been difficult about being unemployed? Uh, waking up, that's tough. Uh, getting out of bed, that's tough too. Watched a lot of movies. It's tough to like stop watching movies when you get on a roll, you know. So I, I've just been having some struggles lately, you know. Definitely some first world problems. Any uh, recommendations? Yeah, In Bruges is a classic movie. Go watch In Bruges if you haven't seen. In it. Bruges. Yeah, have you have you seen it, Eric? No, I'm not a movie person. I guarantee so I, you are against a lot it. of movies. I guarantee it. Our special guest here. Let's bring him. Let's bring him in. Uh, highly acclaimed. Um, you may know him as Little Bidet Squirts or Tristy. We got Tristan on the show, man. It's good to have you back on. T Tristan, baby, podcast legend. What's up, fellas? Nice to be back. Uh, yeah, the first couple podcasts have been have been pretty solid this year, so I'm excited to be on, but. I hear you, Connor. I've been super busy too, just getting fucked with work. And, you know, I have work, but you, know, you don't. But, uh, you know, I feel your struggles. Um, but I was also curious too. I mean, you talked about just being tired and kind of overwhelmed and just kind of beat. Are, are you beat or is your meat beat? Both. I mean, I, you got to have what? At least five sessions a day, just like wake and crank? <laughs> it's probably before noon. Five, dude? What am I? 17 again? Five's a lot, dude. At our old age, we're pushing 30, you know? I mean, it's not like it used to be, you know? Yeah. Got to keep that prostate strong. Connor, I just yeah. remember the last time you jerked off. Okay, well, that's not true. Uh, <laughs> Eric, question for you, though. I mean, you had an older brother, so how hard is it to jerk off with an older brother when you're growing up? That's got to be tough. Because they're doing the same thing, you know? Yeah, you know, just uh, sock on the door or something. I don't know. Just uh, put the sock on your bedroom door when you were 13. Exactly. <laughs> Put some googly eyes on it. Give it a name. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Good times. You know, it's good to think back on those great times of our lives. Being a. Do you ever, Eric? Do you ever remember Joe? Like, I, I, I have to imagine, like, you know, in the mornings growing up and stuff, you were, you were both kind of like rolling out of bed and would like kind of fight over the bathroom or something. Do you ever remember him coming out of the bathroom after, after like a big poo? And just being torqued when he like walked out like right into you. You ever remember that? I mean, I'm sure it happened. Probably not. You know, probably memories I tried to stuff down the memory bank. Uh, yeah, Eric's, Eric's a lot too. taller, so it might have been hard like with the angles to actually notice the torque. And Joe could have been uh, tucking it. You know, who knows? That's true. That's true. It could have been Eric could have just been stubbing his toe, uh, thinking it was the thinking it was the baseboards, and really it was it was his brother's little wiener. <laughs> Through that, I mean, after especially after he took a poo, you know, you, you know what's going on after that happens. Oh did, yeah, did he he's take ready. A couple poos that were like thirty minutes long, except you hear the toilet flush after like twenty. You're like, what are you doing there, the last ten minutes, Joe? What would you guys That's say it. your average shit time is? Oh, it depends. Like, I would say it depends. 
<laughs> sometimes you got to like Sometimes it takes a little longer, you know. Are you like a, you know? Are you ever like a get naked on the toilet? Because like you're like this is gonna be a while. Like I need to get comfortable. Oh, I've definitely done that, but that's like the last case scenario, you know, or worst case scenario, I guess. Like if you're really struggling and getting that sweat going. But normally I, I keep my clothes on. I would say, I'm definitely I definitely sit down when I poop. I mean, what other <laughs> options do you have? Well, there's other like, options. Are you gonna hover? It's squat. You could just hover above the toilet. Yeah. I, I, two things to say out. on that front. Uh, one, I used to have a, an old colleague who uh, was a was a really wacky guy. Mm-hmm. He's kind of gone AWOL. And uh, he would tell me that he used to, uh, in the mornings, because he would wake up at like 4 o'clock and go to the gym. And he'd get back before his girlfriend was awake. And he would like take a like a post-workout shit after you know drinking pre-workout and stuff. And he would... He wouldn't wipe, and then he'd go right into the uh, right into the like shower bathtub combo, and he'd just crank the uh, crank the faucet on the bathtub on, and then just like bidet his ass in the in the bathtub with his legs up on the wall, uh, and and it it, sound, it sounds pretty outrageous, and it like it would be a joke, but. Um, He's a really fucking weird guy, and uh, I absolutely believe him. That's the first thing. Uh-huh. Second thing, back to how long we spend on the toilet. I was actually reading a, an article recently that was saying that men, on average, uh, spend like seven minutes longer on the toilet than women, and per per trip, and it's all because they want to have more time by themselves and peace and quiet. And uh, a lot of our time as men is spent in the uh, in the restroom. So whether you're cranking, whether you're shitting, uh, whether you're bidang with the you know with the the faucet in the tub, we need our time. Couldn't relate more to that one, dude. We need you know, our time. I said it myself. I just one more thing on toilets and taking shits. If you don't have a squatty potty, you should invest with one. It's definitely a game changer. I don't know if either of you guys have used a squatty potty. Is before, that the one that but... elevates your feet? Yeah, and so it changes oh, yeah. the angle of your rectum. Yeah, it yeah. makes it, it gives you a nice, much cleaner shit. Um, oh yeah, no, they're they're solid. I mean, the Asian countries have the have the right the right move with the way they approach toilets. Us Westerners just we're fucking it up. Dirty, dude. Some Dirty Westerners don't even wipe, dude, and then they just yeah. use their bath to, to wipe. That's true. I mean, that's just Connor. Crazy. You need to change that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you might not know from the start of the podcast so far, but this is a fantasy football podcast. So sometimes. let's sometimes, sometimes yeah. yeah. But Tristan, we wanted to ask you kind of a few more questions, uh, not not poop related here. Mm. Um, I got one or two. Let's not make that a caveat. But uh, let's just start with uh, go kind of rewind to the beginning of the year. Uh, how did you feel like the draft went for you? Um, were you targeting anyone specific? Like how? What was kind of your strategy going into the draft? And uh, how did you feel about the adjustment, the switch to Superflex, uh, specifically with the draft this year? Yeah, I um, I think I talked a big game like mid off season about how I was gonna like do a shit ton of research and like have everything prepared mm-hmm. like, well before the draft happened. That uh, wasn't the case. Uh, jumped on kind of last minute and uh, completely forgot that we were actually doing Superflex, and so I was very bewildered. Uh, about halfway through the draft when pretty much everyone was uh, tossing in quarterbacks and, you know, people were bidding on Tyrod Taylor. And mm-hmm. I was really, I was really confused. And then I realized about five minutes later that uh, 
that we were doing Superflex. And uh, Baker Mayfield came up, and I had to get him, and I didn't care at what cost. It ended up costing me like eight bucks, so it wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was definitely ill-prepared. Uh, I got caught holding the bag with CMC again. Um, I think after after that happened, I was actually a little... I wasn't I wasn't super pissed about it because I got him for an eight dollar discount off of uh, his price last year that I fucked myself on too. Um, so I had a little bit of savings, um, mm-hmm. but it definitely hampered me going in. I think I think the best strategy, and it's probably not a secret to to most of our listeners here, the best strategy is to not bid on CMC and use those funds to get two quality RB ones and RB twos uh, for half the price. So I think going into going into next year, I've got to take my notes and just have those ready because I know I'm probably not going to do my research like I say I am in the summer. Um, but I stocked up on on wide receivers and I thought maybe that would be enough to carry me through. So far, uh, not really the case, but there's a long way to go. So uh, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Yeah, actually, I'm looking at your draft right now. I thought you did a really decent job, uh, at least before the season started. Um, of course, there's been a couple of hiccups just with everyone's team, right? You got McCaffrey for 60. You got Justin Jefferson for 23. That's a steal. Tyler Lockett for 15. That's looking like your great pick. Allen Robinson, though, for 19. Usually he's like a stud, like a very high-end wide receiver, too. He gets a lot of targets. Chicago's been kind of weird this year. Um, super ass, super it's, ass. It's tough, man. Uh, Brandon Ayuk for 14. I still think that's a decent pick. He might be blowing up in the... A couple uh, next couple weeks, I know that he. Uh, I think he was like not playing for a bit. Might have had like a minor injury. Um, mm-hmm. But it, the real tough thing that I look at your team, you got you got uh, uh, Hawkinson for nine, Rugs for five. You got Manuel Sanders for one. Like those are great picks. Trey Lance, I assume he's going to start at some point. Um, but man, it's tough though because we schedule our drafts late because we try to avoid injuries as much as we can. And unfortunately, you got stuck with Gus for 25 man yeah that was a huge that's so rough that's 13 or 12 and a half percent of your total auction budget that you can't even use man i just want to say from the bottom of my heart i'm sorry dude i appreciate it yeah to your point though everyone you know everyone's kind of dealt with with some blows and i think i really like Superflex and that it really limits and and um kind of shrinks the the waiver options so you you have to be you have to go for it when you have an opportunity. Hence why I spent 70 on Latavius once he came up. Um, but yeah, I was really high on, on Gus. I thought he was going to be a solid RB2, if not like borderline low end RB1. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when that happened, I was, yeah, I was, I was kicking myself. Um, but you know, shit happens and you got to be prepared for it. So here we are. Speaking yeah. of, uh, oh, sorry, Eric, go ahead. I got one more thing to say. About I was that. just going to say like the, it just looking at your team, like injuries have, Injuries have hit everyone, I would say, at this point. Like, they're gonna if they haven't hit you, they're gonna hit you. And obviously, everyone deals with it every year. But uh, McCaffrey and Gus Edwards, if you would pick like two guys, you would want to have healthy the whole year before the draft. I think you would have picked those two guys and have both of them. I mean, Edwards out for the season. McCaffrey, who knows? Mm-hmm. It kind of it puts you in the same situation as last year, where it was like. I don't I don't remember how many weeks McCaffrey ended up being out before he came back and got hurt again, but it was like you kind of went and going every week not really knowing is yeah, he gonna play, he is he not gonna play? Like it was it, was, and that it was, seemed that, like he was, that was the worst every thing. week. Yeah, yeah, he was. And it was almost like he was close to return every week. So then I was I was always like, Okay, this is gonna be the week, this is gonna be the week. And I remember you had even you had given me like a, a really good, actually shockingly good uh trade proposal 
which is just so unlike you. I should have taken it when I had the chance. But um, you know, looking back on that, I was like, hey, he's gonna he's gonna be back next week, and you know, I'll be fine. And I just kept telling myself that, and just got too attached to him as a as a player, um, and just you know, not looking at him as a commodity. So yeah, I think there was definitely some you know some uh some some kind of dark memories that i'm going back through right now when i saw that he was that he went out last game but luckily it seems to only be like a two-week injury at most so and and i made sure during the draft because of last year that i got shuba hubbard as the handcuff um and just stashed him you know just to make sure and hopefully that'll pay off the next couple weeks that you know i can be able to bridge that gap yeah it's um i would say probably out of everyone like if i were to take everyone's auction budget and say how much of their budget of players they spent that's not playing week four. I bet you you're at the lowest percentage because you got McCaffrey out and Gus out, which definitely stinks. Um, one other thing about your draft that I do want to bring up. So you took the Buccaneers defense for a dollar at 121. And then right at the 124 mark, you took Washington uh, football team defense for $2. Uh, they're currently sitting out of 32 defenses as position rank number 32. They're averaging negative one points a game. Um, would you call this some retribution for possibly dad-dicking me in the draft? Because I actually thought they were going to be good this year. Turns out, thank you for jumping on that grenade. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I've, I've been looking at that one every week, just hoping that they start to go off and somehow somehow change the tide. Uh, I just don't see it happening, and I definitely regret not having those $2 in my pocket to uh, – you know, have been able to gonna go a couple more rounds at the end and grab some people like Tyson Williams that you know Jared got for like nothing. Yeah, three dollars um, ridiculous. Rondo Moore. Yeah, two. so uh, that was a that was definitely a, a cocky play where I saw, and I think it was, I think you and Hove were both. I thought you both were were bidding on on Washington, but anyway, um, yeah, it was a it was a dumb move, and I'm I'm definitely eating it now. I feel better now. Thank you. A uh, couple more questions here for you, Tristan, before we kind of jump into our segments for the week. Uh, we wanted to ask you, um, as you know, the Toilet Bowl winner of uh, the previous season, you obviously killed the last place punishment of dropping the diss tracks. Uh, do you miss being able to put out a diss track, um, not every week, but for for everyone on, on, on the league? I mean, I love, I love shit-talking. Um... So yeah, I miss that for sure. Just being able to, you know, go into the lab and you know, just whip up a, yeah, you know, whip up some fire real quick on, you know, every Tuesday or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, you know, it was fond memories. Um, you know, I think the, you know, the, the as the tour went on, uh, you know, the audience, you know, it kind of ebbed and flowed. You know, I got a little tired. You know how, you know, some of the tours go. You know, you just Connor, you're going through it right now, right? Like. Sure. You sure. get tired, I'm man. Tour. Yep. Yeah. Twenty-one. Uh, but you know, it had its highs, and uh, that's what I'm gonna, gonna take away from it. Um, so and, yeah, uh, you know, the, the best moments I miss, but uh, it was it was a lot of work. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think my favorite all-time moment of any podcast we have was the Joe diss track. So. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, I actually, in, in prep for the pod tonight, I went back and just listened to a couple, <laughs> uh, just just to get myself fired up. And uh, yeah, Joe Joe's was. Uh, yeah, Joe's was. I just an I beat him up, and that was an and you know, the the thing was, I actually I actually felt kind of bad after because Joe was like dead silent for like three weeks. It seemed 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, did he like actually get his feelings hurt? So uh, yeah, shout out Joe. Uh, even if you do get a boner when you poo, uh, sorry to publicize that for for the world and, and all of our <laughs> all of our listeners. And uh, Curtis is the last place, you know, going through the last place punch for this year. We haven't heard anything from him yet or seen anything from him yet. I guess you'd say uh, he still has to produce those eleven um, man on the street segments. Uh, how do you how do you feel about how the last place punishment is being handled so far? Uh, it's it's poor. It's it's really poor. I mean, you know, we we from what I remember, there was never a an agreement across the league that we were going to be providing as uh, as league members. We were going to be providing the content for him to like go out and and speak on. Maybe I just heard wrong, uh, but I also feel like there's a bit of um, there's a bit of an issue with if that was the case, and we'll just go ahead and say it was. If that was the case, uh, there was radio silence all off season about the punishment, and then we get to you know we get to week two and we hear this. Oh, uh, yeah. So everyone was supposed to be providing content. Uh, sorry, like can't really do anything till it happens. So I think that there was a bit of uh, yeah, like there was less pressure than uh, what should have. What should have been on Curtis? Uh, you know, I get it. He's in a new phase of his life now. You know, things are changing. But hey, the grind doesn't stop. The punishment doesn't stop. I think we need to light a fire under his ass. We need some Bunsen burners under his ass in Ferndale. Light up some of that oil and, uh, you know, get him on the street. Amen. Well I said. Say, uh, amen, yeah. dude. Yeah, very well Man, well, very well Praise said. God. As someone who's also been in that spot, dude, well said. You know, I'll never be in that spot, but I would also say, well said, you know, got Curtis, the pressure's on you, man. You got to produce, you know, big shoes to fill. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think they can. I, I mean, if I, as a betting man, I would say I don't think they can be filled. But, you know, that's a challenge that um, you have to take on and, and complete uh, for the rest of the league members here. I mean, that is a good point, though. It's like that's got to be the worst act to follow out of all the last place punishments, you know, because last year was so good. You know, but you know hey, you that's, got... that's not that's not on me. That's on Curtis. Exactly. Yeah, that's life. You got to raise the bar. You know. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get in now. Let's dive into kind of recap what happened this last week here. Uh, before we get into some more segments here on the pod, um, let's just jump quickly go through the scores here from week three. We had uh, a great matchup between Hovey and Connor. Hovey um, ekes out the victory on Monday night, one fifty point five to one forty four point three. Uh, in the battle of undefeateds, I took down Jerry, 128.2 to 96.9. We had Tristan and AMAC. Uh, AMAC with a pretty um, easy victory here, 134.5 to 95.6. Uh, our highest scoring matchup was the actually the two 0-2 teams, Curtis and Chris. And Curtis ends up victorious, 170.9 to 165.6. Brutal. Spencer takes down Joe, 134.5 to 116.4. And in the Hazari Bowl, we have Ben coming out victorious, 128.1 to 111.3. Wait a second. I know that we haven't talked about this this year, and it would be a shame to bring it up after the fact. But historically, was it last year or the year before where we had a pool where if you're the second highest scoring team and you lose to the first highest scoring team, you get the money in the pool? Is that still a thing? (laughs) That was a thing last year. I can't say uh, I've. It's been tracked. Yeah, I would um, say we haven't really followed I, much. If on we that. wanted to keep it alive, that would mean that uh, Chris Gets is the, the winner. So yeah. if 
we could throw out whatever was left of last year's and just start a new one this year. And so that would it was uh, like a dollar a week, right? A dollar a week from everyone. Yeah. So that would Chris would mean Chris would win twenty four dollars yeah. since he uh, since we completed two right. weeks before. Um, I would say that's fair. I don't know about you guys. Um, yeah, I agree. That I seems, think that's fair. That seems fair. But how about this? I mean, yeah, good. You got to You got to You got to get. I mean, especially with Chris. I mean, he's dying for money. He's got to get down to the Hong Kong club. You know, you can't exactly. do that alone. So, uh, you know, he's waiting for he's waiting for that check to hit. Yep. Uh, so, so how about everyone this? Venmo is, Chris yeah. two dollars. Or uh, yeah, how about this? How about uh, let's do an experiment first. It's the 29th of September. Chris, when you listen to this, let me know, and then I'll let everyone else know to Venmo you, and we'll see about when Chris texts me about when he listens right. to the podcast. If Chris is a low listener, he'll earn twenty four dollars. Yeah, if you text me before the sixth, Chris, you get twenty four bucks. All right. If not, the prize continues. Yeah, this rolls on. Okay, I like it. Yeah, one week. Uh, any anything stand off to you guys from this week? I, I know I put down highlight of the week, but you can kind of take this anywhere. Anything that stood out highlight of the week, low light, anything you wanted to to bring up about this week? I'll start with you, Tristan. I just want to say, uh, Connor, love the Mike Williams pick. I was, uh, I think I had him last year, and he fucked me pretty hard. And I thought, I thought Herbert was gonna targeting him a ton exactly how he's being targeted this year um near the red zone and just running different routes and kind of um you know being the the quality receiver that he is not just going for home runs and so that i think that's going to be arguably one of the best picks of the draft um just from you know kind of a pure comeback from him um, and really showing his talent so shout out to you even though you lost uh shout out on the mike williams pick i think that was that was huge yeah, I mean, if you have any Chargers right now, you're feeling good. Like I have Keenan Allen; he's been good. Connor's got Williams and Eckler; they've mm-hmm. both been super solid. Justin Herbert, obviously feeling good about him. It's like you know, they're. I mean, they beat the Chiefs the other uh, on Sunday. Huge win for them. Like they're they're an offense you want to have. Uh, you want absolutely. Have in. One one quick thing I want to add, uh, you know, to this, just because we're you know we're now in week three, and I was doing a little digging. Uh, because I was seeing some, you know, some players pretty, you know, scoring pretty high consistently. So I did a little, a little digging, and I went back to last year. Um, wide receivers through week three. Can you tell me the top three wide receivers? Uh, last year? From last year or this year? Last year. Last year. Last year. Um, can I guess DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, you can guess DeAndre Hopkins. Was he one of the top three? He was one of the top three, or okay. the other two. Ooh, uh, Tyreek Hill, because he had like a thirty-point game early on. So I'm assuming he was up there. Stephon no, Diggs. No, no Tyreek Hill. No Stephon Diggs. I'll spoil it for you. Number one was Calvin Ridley. Okay. Yeah. Had seventy points. He averaged twenty-three point three the first three weeks. Damn. Tyler Lockett was number two. He averaged twenty point six the first three weeks, and DeAndre Hopkins was third at nineteen point two. Move ahead to 2021. Top three receivers this year. Name them. I think I just looked. I think I think Mike Williams is third. And Cooper Cup Mike is Williams. the other one. Okay. Oh, he's second. Sorry. I, I just, yeah, I looked. Sorry. Cooper Cup, number one. Cooper Cup. 26.2 points per game average through the first three weeks. Mike Williams, 22.2. Second. Third, consistent. Last two years, top three through two weeks, or two Tyler through Lockett. three weeks. 
Tyler Lockett, 19. Wow. So i got to say, one, great pick. Great pick on the cup. Great pick on uh, on Mike Williams. Um, you got Lockett. And Lockett. Consistency pays off. But also, to that point, there are so many new names here at the top of the list. You never really know what you're going to get. And a lot of offenses are, are humming along that, you know, maybe – Maybe weren't last year. So shout yeah. out to those picks. I mean, I got the rest. I got the, the scoring leaders right now for receivers. I mean, Jamar Chase, like people were, he was, his stock was dropping during the preseason God damn uh, because of like this drop issue or whatever. He's averaging 17 a game. Brandon Cooks is six, 16.7 a game. Debo Samuel's ninth. I mean, even if you drop down past DJ that, Moore, just outside the top 10. Yeah. Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, 14 and a half. Christian Kirk, 14 and a half. I mean, Receiver, there's like a lot of familiar names in the top 15, but also some guys you wouldn't really expect. Kind of just sums up the position. You never really know what you're going to get week to week. I mean, even like Lockett, Cal- you Calvin have like two huge at, games. Yeah, and Calvin Ridley sitting at kind of 30 now. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy, the receiver position. Yeah, the Falcons are just yeah. trash. Matt Ryan should retire. Hot take. Yeah. Connor, uh, week three here. Anything stand out to you? Yeah, I got something to talk about, I guess. Uh, I got, uh, you you know, I had a little bit of an embarrassing moment this past weekend, and it's going to be a little bit of a longer story. So bear with me for a tad. Actually, before I start that, I want to say one thing. Um, I was really, I didn't really mind that Hovey beat me. Um, I was really shocked that my team put up 144.3. And because I played Jacoby Brissett, I actually watched the Dolphins game because it went late and went to overtime, and that was so exciting. I was go, I was go, I was probably the happiest I've ever been this past weekend. The happiest of, my, of the whole weekend was when Jacoby Brissett rushed that touchdown in, in the fourth quarter with like two minutes left. I was going nuts. It's great. That's like that's one one thing I remember about fantasy football. It, like it enhances the watchability of football because all of a sudden you care about the Dolphins. But anyways. Sure. Um, I woke up on Sunday, and uh, before I finish the story, Eric, just let it happen. I woke up this uh, this morning, uh, sorry, Sunday morning, to a text from Eric saying, Eckler killing it. And I was like, because Eckler was having a good game. And I was like, yeah, but of course, like, the moment I sit, call away, he gets a touchdown. And then Eric goes, ha, yeah, that's what happens when you chase points. And this is like a very common thing that Eric likes to make fun of me for is chasing points. He like he basically says that all I care about is like how people did historically that will dictate their future. Uh, so therefore, that's why I play people who score a lot in the past, regardless of like how many targets they're getting or their talent or their opportunity. Classic Eric assessment of my teams. And that pisses me off because it's just not true. So I, I was just telling him, you know, I don't chase points. I, I chase targets. Check your facts, bruh. He's like, nah, you're chasing points. Lol, we start going ham at it. All of a sudden, you're bringing up uh, LaVisca Chenault. Like, why did, I, why did I sit him? And we're to all of a sudden, you know, we just get into this absolute, like, tirade at each other. And I, I you're coming out so hot at me. And I'm just, like, calling you names. Um... I said, like, you know, you woke up, you wanted to fight me today, huh, Eric, you know? Like, I was just calling you out on your bullshit. Um, about 45 minutes later, because I'm still in bed at this point, I, I look over and I realize I'm not texting Eric. I'm actually texting Spencer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Spencer and I have a different relationship than me and Eric. Eric texts me, and I just have a total dick to him, like, at all times, because he's a dick to me. Spencer, I don't, I'm not a dick to Spencer. I have no reason to be. So, like, I literally woke up. I thought eric was texting me it was actually spencer i was a total dick to spencer so i want to say on the podcast spencer i apologize 
for everything I said. I even told him about it eventually. But I was so embarrassed once I realized it that I spent like four hours thinking what I should do. And then I was playing games with uh, Chris Smart. And Chris was like, yo, man, you got to tell Spencer that. Because he's going to think you're just, you know, he's going to think it's, you know, that's how real life is when actually it's not. So shout out, Spencer. And fuck you, Eric. Wow. No, I think I think I would have made similar arguments to Spencer. That's what I'm saying is that literally it was like it was the same. That's what got me. I think it was a little groggy in the morning. It was the same critiques that you've had against my team for years. I just assumed it was Eric. You know. I mean, there's two things there. Either one, Eric is right, and there's consistency in uh, your teams and how everyone perceives them. Really, which, it's true. Which is hard for me to say because Eric is like rarely right. True. Um, two. I th- which I think is more likely. You said you were still in bed. I mean, it seems like you had a little morning fog. Typically, after a crank, you you got some clarity. <laughs> uh, you that, didn't you didn't have your Wheaties yet, yeah. and you know, and bus went out. So, yeah, you might need to you might need to change up that schedule. I definitely think I was texting before I uh, jerked off, so I had that fog. Mm-hmm. So, just to let you know, mm-hmm. Spencer. I was not jerking off while texting you at all because clearly it was affecting my ability to understand what we were talking about. But it totally just fucked with my head because honestly, I thought it was Eric this whole time and I was just going off on you. And it was all this bent up frustration about being the podcast. Dick, being a dick. I was being a total Why dick. I gotta be a dick. And then it wasn't you at all and I felt awful. So, you yeah, know, there you go. why I gotta be a dick. <laughs> Shout out, Spencer. Shout out, Spencer. Sorry, Spence. My highlight of the week was, uh, you know, Jordan is coming in with Todd with that big voicemail on last week's pod. I feel like Jordan, pretty reserved most of the time, keeps himself, doesn't talk a lot of trash. He, you know, I, I feel like for him, that was that was pretty big time last week coming on with that voicemail, and uh, his team just totally flopped. Uh, didn't didn't respond well to the uh, to the voicemail there. Uh, I on the Discord, I compared it to the Giants boat photo. Um, we'll have to see how the rest of his season goes, uh, but he, you know, he goes with he gets Justin Fields in the starting lineup. I'm sure he's feeling pretty good about that. Uh, 3.8 points from him, 6.5 from Montgomery, uh, 1.3 from Robbie Anderson, four from Juju. Uh, James White gets injured. He had him in the flex. 0.6 there, uh, just a real flaw from Jordan's team. And uh, you know, Ben reigns reigns supreme as the uh, as the Hazari bro and the and version one of the Hazari bro. But we're gonna have right, another matchup right. later in the season, and Jordan predicts in the playoffs as well. So um, he won the Sorry Bowl goes to Ben. So a, a big shout win. out Ben. Shout out to Ben there for the big win. Um, I you know I got I I'm obviously excited to be three and zero, but as I look at the the points scored here, I I I don't know how I feel about my team. I'm like fifth in points scored, four fifteen. Hovi is the leader now at four sixty six. Uh, Chris is 0-3, but he's third in points scored. Or sorry, fourth in points points scored by almost third. He's 0.3 off of Jordan, 447.2. I think Chris's like three losses combined have been like by 15 points or something like that. So pretty unlucky for him. Mm-hmm. Um this you know, at 0-3, but he would be in the playoffs at this point if they started today. Um just based on you know the rule we got, but shout out to Chris. Shout out Chris. He'll he'll come up hot. I like his team. I think he's gonna be. I think he's just got some bad breaks early on, but yeah, he's just gotten super unlucky. Yeah. I was trying to talk yeah. to him about it uh, this past weekend too, and it's like he's getting all pissed off because his team's doing well, but he's losing. And I was trying to tell him, I'm like, no man, that's you shouldn't get pissed off because once again, your team's doing well. The way the league set up is that we, that last spot is for a point scored, 
And on top of that, let's say, like, you know, you can't get in the playoff based off wins, which is still possible. It's a good team. It's a pretty yeah. good callback. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, his team's killing it. Yeah, I mean, he's basically like third in points scored. If he keeps it up the whole year, he's not. He's going to get a good amount of wins, even yep. though he's zero three right yep. now. Yep. I think he's I think there's a little bit of a Miles Sanders curse on Chris so far. A little bit, uh, definitely. Yeah, the fantasy gods just you know coming back God. at him. Uh, got another new segment we want to debut here called No Regrets. So this is a hot take we had entering the season that you know even though it may not be looking so good so far, you're still willing to stick by it. Uh, Connor, I'll go to you first. What's no, no regrets. What do you got to say? Uh, before the draft, uh, I did a lot of research on the Saints offense. And I came up with the conclusion that uh, Marquez Callaway was going to be the number one wide receiver in that offense. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to that take. Now, obviously, he hasn't played well recently. And by play well, I mean he hasn't got a lot of points, right? He's wide receiver number 78. Um First two weeks, scored under two points both weeks. Finally got a touchdown week three, scored 12.1. But really, it's mostly just the combination of two things. Number one, you have the emergence of Jameis Winston in a Sean Payton offense, which I think is eventually going to do okay. Eventually, Jameis is going to be fine. And the second aspect of this is that there's no other wide receivers on the Saints outside of Michael Thomas. And I have insider knowledge from a 55-year-old man in New Orleans that once Michael Thomas comes back, Marquez Callaway is going to be awesome. The problem right now is that he has all of the best defenders guarding him because the Saints offense blows dick. So my take that I had at the beginning of the season, which is that Marquez Callaway is going to be a, like probably wide receiver 25, 20, 22 at the end of the season. I'm gonna, that's going to hold true, man. I'm going to, I'm going to hold on to this. No regrets, baby. I regret sticking strong to the Saints offense. Uh, you also got, obviously, you got Winston and Kamara on your team as well, so you're all in on the Saints. Um, shout out Joe Dirt. Shout out Joe uh, Dirt. Tristan, Tristan, no regrets. What do you got? I got two uh, no regrets. One was during the draft, I think Jared arguably had the worst draft strategy uh, that we've seen to date from from who from the guy who's usually a savant. Probably the I mean, best drafter was, in the league, I would say. Only the best drafter, and he was just shockingly. I mean, it was like a it that was that was like a draft version of Matt Nagy's play calling last <laughs> week. Just super 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 tough. I was texting um I was texting the Hazari Bros on the side, the Bang Bros, and uh, they were just beside themselves. They just couldn't they couldn't wrap their heads around what Jared was doing. And uh, I still, I'm just going to stand behind it that he had the worst draft um, and it's not going to pay off for him this year. And he, he slipped a little bit, uh, even though his record says otherwise. Ouch. Second, uh, no regret about a player. I think Allen Robinson is going to come good. I think the first three weeks uh, have been certainly subpar. I mean, he's, he's wide receiver 67 going into week four, which is just kind of absurd. Um, but right next to him, AJ Brown, mm. another talented, big receiver, um, who everyone I think thought would be certainly top 15 by week three. He's drafted by, um, like it. yeah, yeah, he's right there too. Um, you know, Kenny Galladay's sitting at 60. So I think it's, I think it's just some, you know, some early season hiccups. Obviously, uh, everyone in Chicago hates Nagy. 
uh, at this point. So he's got to he's got to change things up. He's got to open up the playbook. Um, he's got to let Justin Fields do his thing. And I think a Rob's going to come good. And that that a Rob for 19 bucks in the draft is is going to make me uh, pretty happy. Yeah, it sounds like maybe Nagy is going to take his play calling duties away from himself and give them to someone else. And I think as an as an Allen <laughs> Robinson owner, that has to have you excited. You have to be you have to hope that comes true, that that is the case. That's that the most the classic coach trying to save his own ass yeah. thing in the whole world. It's either they give the play call to someone else or they take over the play calling from their mm-hmm. own offensive coordinator. So, yeah, yeah, man, tough, tough shit to be yeah. a Bears fan right now. Yeah, I mean, Nagy's got to be the favorite to be first coach fired. I feel like, you oh, know, definitely. I would hope he gives up play calling duties just for their entire offense. If you're in, I mean, if you own anybody on the Bears, you're hoping that he gives up play calling. Um Especially yeah, what a, Robinson. What a fall from grace, though. I mean, he was he was like the darling Cinderella story of uh, the head coaching yeah. carousel a few years ago. Got to the playoffs. I mean, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky was there. I mean, I've seen people like commenting, like apologizing to Mitch Trubisky about what he went through. Uh, now that Nagy is, you know, just shown that he's shit. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And uh, mine, I'm with you on the on the. The Jerry take. I mean, I've I've kind of gone back and forth on how much I like Jerry's team. I feel like after the draft, I had him maybe in the bottom tier. And after you know, he caught the break with Gus being injured since he owned Tyson Williams. That helped his running backs, which aren't great. But I mean, looking at him after this week, obviously a poor performance against my team, ninety six point nine points. Um, I feel like Jerry's going to have to make a trade. I feel like I said that after the draft, and I'm going to stick to it. Jerry's going to have to make a trade this year. I don't think. I don't know if Jerry has made a trade in EIG, like maybe before we went to 12 teams, but I feel like since we've gone to 12 teams, it's it's maybe not something that's happened. He's Obviously, he's drafted so well, he hasn't really had to make any trades. Um, but I feel like this year he's going to have to. He's obviously strong at wide receiver, Diggs, Metcalf, C.D. Lamb, Robert Woods, Rondell Moore. But his running backs, Damian Harris, who barely played last game for the Patriots, like... Damian Harris has had really good games this year. He had like 100 yards the first week, then he puts up a game like last week. I just feel like you don't really know what you're going to get. Tyson Williams is like kind of the afterthought to both Devontae Freeman and Latavius Murray last week. Um, he, he's, he dropped the bag on Elijah Mitchell. He got unlucky there because he gets hurt the first week he, after he drops the bag. I feel like uh, same thing happened with Wayne Gallman. If you, if you go for over $180, you're going to get injured after one game. So... Uh, just think about that when you're making your bids. And, uh, you know, his other running backs are just kind of backups. J.D. McKissick, Tony Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, who I think was a healthy scratch last week. Um, you know, he doesn't really have a running back. You wouldn't say there's one running back on his team who, like, you're feeling confident every week is going to produce. It's kind of just like, uh, you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, and, the nice uh, he thing definitely he has going for him. He's got Diggs, Metcalf, and Lamb. Yeah, he he's got to move one of those guys for. He's got back. incredible yep. receivers. Yeah. I mean, Robert yep. Woods hasn't been good so far, but I feel like he would still be someone you could move who someone else would want. Yeah. He's got the strong receivers. He's got the quarterbacks. He's got Brady and Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Like that's his foundation. I just feel like the running backs is really hurting him. I feel like he's going to have to make a move. Um, so I'm sticking to it. Jerry will make it. I think Jerry's going to have to make a trade this year if he wants to be a playoff team. Do we think we're gonna get a uh, we're gonna get a line from from Joe here on this? Are we gonna be able to get some money on this here? I'd be curious what um, what Joe's saying. The odds are of a trade. Yeah, yeah, I mean, what, personally, gotta... I'm not curious what Joe has to say. That guy is wrong about so many goddamn things. 
Well, I'm just going to fade whatever. I'm just going to fade whatever he says. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I like it. Okay, sorry. Yep. All right. So that was no regrets. Speaking of trades, we had two trades go down. Um, both of them. <laughs> one, per- one person was involved in both of them. Let's go to our first one. A pretty big trade here between Spencer and Amac. So Amac sends Chris Godwin and Josh Jacobs to Spencer for Hunter Renfro and Derek Carr. Um, what did you? I don't know who to go to first on this. Anyone have any particular thoughts on on this one? Wow. Uh, right. I I could not believe that this was upheld when it went through. To be completely honest, um, I I feel that Amac just got absolutely fleeced. I think Derek Carr is obviously he's shown that he's you know pretty good this year. Renfro has been a, you know, he's he's been a decent flex each week, um, but for Chris Godwin and and Josh Jacobs, I mean, the Raiders obviously aren't running Kenyon Drake out there. They just picked up Peyton Barber. We'll get to that later. Uh, but when Josh Jacobs comes back, like, it's clearly, in my opinion, RB one. There's no question about it. Um, Chris Godwin, incredible receiver. Um, and I think again, very similar to, you know, to Allen Robinson, he's going to be coming hot, you know, pretty soon. Brady's just going off. He's got to get him the ball more. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think that, um, that a Matt got fleeced. I don't know. I don't know how this went through. And I think it also vastly inflated the value of quarterbacks in a super flex league, uh, year one. And, uh, I don't think it set the right, uh, the right line for quarterbacks. Okay. A couple things to say to that. One, <laughs> I do agree. Spencer Spencer clearly won the deal. Um, I don't know if I would consider Josh Jacobs an RB one, but he's an every week starter. I, I agree with you on that. He's like he's almost kind of like an underrated part of this deal. Not only just because because once he's healthy, he's obviously going to be a main guy in Oakland. I also think when you look at Spencer's team uh, for the trade, he had his running backs were he had. Chubb and Hunt, and then Mixon, and then after that, his two running backs were Ronald Jones and AJ Dillon. Ronald Jones is just kind of like Leonard Fournette is the guy in Tampa Bay. Ronald Jones is kind of an afterthought, and AJ Dillon, AJ Dillon, you would have thought could kind of been like a flex guy who, like you know, someone who even though he's the backup is still playing a lot. And through three weeks, it really hasn't been the case. Like Aaron Jones has kind of dominated the backfield there. So like Spencer. Spencer would have been hurt by like injury or bye weeks. Obviously, like Hunt and Chubb are gonna have the same bye week. Um, but if like any of those guys would have gotten hurt, Spencer kind of would have been in a shitty spot running back wise. But now that he has Jacobs as that fourth running back, it like clearly boosts his roster like a lot. And then, like you said, Godwin has been great so far. Tampa Bay, like Tampa Bay is a passing offense. They're gonna put up a ton of passing yards every game. He's gonna produce more often than not. He's gonna be a top fifteen wide receiver um every week and for the season i would say um that being said i do understand the trade for amac because um his two quarterbacks were darnold and mac jones darnold's been great but mac jones has not been good and having to start him every single week uh is, does not put you in a good spot and Derek carr is you know obviously entering the year he was kind of like in the 20s as far as quarterback rankings but he's kind of proved himself through three weeks, he's like a borderline top 12 quarterback. Um, and he could probably be that the rest of the season. So I understand it for AMAC. And in, in as, in, as an important position as quarterback is, 
wanting to get a guy who's a top 12 quarterback and replace a Mac Jones who's like at the bottom. He's like quarterback 30, 31, 32 every week. And having to start that guy, you're not feeling good about it. So I feel like, you know, if you replace Josh Jacobs with like Tony Pollard, this trade isn't as bad. But the the Josh the Josh Jacobs part of the deal just clearly tilts it in Spencer's favor. I do want to say one thing though: the trade happened after Josh Jacobs has been injured, so that was no. Yeah. So a little bit of I guess you could say a little bit of lost value there. I think it was relatively equal. Um, I think that it made both teams better, which is why I think it's a shit trade because I don't want both teams to get better. I want someone to get absolutely smashed. From McCurry's side, right, like like you mentioned, Eric, he gets Carr over um, Mac Jones, right? And actually, I think his team's probably fine. One thing I don't like is that now he has Derek Carr, Renfro, and Waller. So if the Raiders don't do well, it's really going to affect his ceiling for scoring points. The one thing I hate the most about this trade, though, is it makes Spencer's team, in my opinion, if it wasn't already, the number one team in the league, clearly. Like, it is so far and beyond everyone else's team. The guy traded away two really good starters, Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro, gets back Chris Godwin, Josh Jacobs. He doesn't even have to play Jacobs this week. He's totally fine. However, once he has the uh, the Browns on by, he's going to need running backs. That's when he can play Josh Jacobs. And, I mean, I think that when you look at Godwin, I think Godwin is in a spot. He's the seventh overall wide receiver. I don't think he'll finish there. I think he'll regress to the mean. There's a lot of mouths to feed in Tampa Bay. But he's a guy you're going to play every week, right? So he's a guy you're going to play at your flex. It's going to be fantastic. I'm just uh, I'm just living in Spencer's world, man. I think we all are at this point. Yeah, I mean, you look at Spencer's team. Like he, the receivers, he's got Godwin. He's got Hopkins. Cooper. He's got Amari Cooper. Tim Patrick the, is also going to be good. You got look at running back. He's got Jacobs now. He's got Chubb. He's got Hunt. He's got Mixon. Those guys he's got are all, Teddy Bridgewater uh, as, as his third quarterback. Third quarterback. He's got Rodgers. He's got Kyler Murray, the number one quarterback. Like I don't, I don't know who his tight end is, but it doesn't really matter. I would say, I think he's rostering three defenses, and he has the best roster in the league. All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, That's... Spencer Clear has the best team. <laughs> he traded. I mean, when you think about, it, he traded two guys who Derek Carr is on his bench. He's he hasn't even played him yet. Mm-hmm. Hunter Renfro's like. Uh, Picked him up on waivers. Not, $15 he's on every like week. He's on every yeah. week starter. He's like a sometimes flex play. So I think it's now he's like an every two. week starter at flex. Even even that I would yeah. say is maybe a little is is reaching. Um, so you can you could almost say Spencer traded. Play at all, man. He, that guy's a target machine. Tim and Waller all day, dude. It's all about Henry Ruggs. Tristan knows, uh, but you <laughs> can almost say <laughs> Spencer traded two Edwards, players dude. for uh, Josh Jacobs and Chris Godwin. So you can't. There's no way you could say he he didn't win the deal. It's you know. Yeah. It's obviously yeah. one to deal, but I do understand. I do understand it for Amac wanting to improve at that second quarterback spot. I just think the Josh Jacobs piece, like, t- yeah, t- I think if you throw in Tony Pollard instead of Josh Jacobs, the deal still could have gotten done. And uh, okay, so question for both of you guys: Did both teams get? So I think you guys both say Spencer won the deal. My question is: Did both teams get better, or did only Spencer's team get better? What do you say? I'll say I think both teams did get better. I'm just shocked that. I mean, maybe, maybe Amac just loves the connection and he wants to try and triple dip on points uh, with Renfro and Waller, and he's just saying, "Fuck it, I think they're good enough uh, with with Derek Carr behind the helm in this offense that I'm willing to take that risk." But I'm I would be shocked 
if he rated Derek Carr just as a player over someone like Aaron Rodgers, who I think, Eric, to your point, like you could have put Tony Pollard in there instead of Josh Jacobs, but I think at the at Chris Godwin and Josh Jacobs, I think A Mac could have put Rodgers in there too. And who knows? Maybe they tried that that trade instead of Derek Carr and Spencer didn't want to do it or he didn't, you know, he didn't think that that was good enough value to give it away, to give away for what he was getting in return. But I think to your point, like effectively, like a, a bench quarterback and, you know, to, to Connor's point, like a kind of middling flex, although he's been like a little bit better. Yeah, he's a borderline uh, every week flex. He's a borderline flex yeah. play on a week to week basis. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I would like, I think that for my team, I'd play him every week. <laughs> well we know that's not saying much but yeah i mean i think i think that there were other players that could have made it a more even trade even though um it didn't make both teams better just it just filled yeah gaps that they had i think yeah amac left some value on the table i would say i mm-hmm. think that's fair mm-hmm. to say he did get better but he did leave some value on the table i think you're fair you're right it could have been pollard instead of jacobs it could have been aaron Rodgers instead of Carr if 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 Jacobs stays in the deal, uh, yeah. you made another point about two about the value of the second quarterback. Um, I think I hold the opposite end, so I'm just curious. You're the only person in the league who hasn't been playing a, a second quarterback. Um, True. Yeah. You know, obviously the the only way for you to really get one now is waivers. Obviously, someone's get injured. There's been a couple opportunities you fell short on the waivers or to make a trade. Um, why Why are you wanting to kind of wait it out here and? and maybe not play a second quarterback instead of being aggressive to make sure you get someone. I think two things are at play. One, um, I know this is, this is cherry picking a little bit, but for example, you made the comment last week that like uh, Justin Fields outperformed my offensive player. Okay, fine. I could have had Emmanuel Sanders who put up like 24 points in that offensive spot. And he would have, you know, he would have blown out 85% of the quarterbacks last week. So I think that there's there's the reality that one it is hampering me from a um, just from a like roster perspective, um, but I think that there's also the reality that like with the crop of rookie quarterbacks um, and even veterans that you know we have this year and you know can kind of choose from, unless you're really in the starting twelve or even I would say probably like fifteen, you're not even guaranteed to have like. 15 18 plus points a game from those quarterbacks um and so for you for instance literally every week in my dms so uh you got a package for lawrence no i don't fucking want trevor lawrence i'm not gonna take him off your hands and frankly i don't want the inflated value of lawrence uh to be just dangled from my face because i i I don't think that he's a good quarterback i think he's terrible um i think trey lance is better i mean for instance Fantasy Pros, just calling it out. Fantasy Pros rates Trey Lance's trade value like 10, 10 or like 12 spots higher than Jimmy G, and Jimmy G's the starter. And Trey Lance is like barely sniffed the field. So I think that there's just the reality that having a lot of quarterbacks, or even just having more than two quarterbacks in this league this year, has totally inflated the value of the quarterback position. Mm-hmm in I think a a way that isn't isn't actually like real. I think the values like aren't I don't think the values are good. Um and so I think 
right now I'm just waiting for a better opportunity to pick up a quarterback, whether they're injured or, you know, they're going to come back in a couple of weeks and, you know, there is diminished value there. Um, or Trey Lance goes in and starts for the Niners and, you know, just from the moment he steps on the field is already, a, you know, a better quarterback, top 15 quarterback, in my opinion. Um, so I'm kind of playing both angles and just waiting for the right move to come along. I'm playing both sides, so I always come out on top. I hear you. I just want to, I'm not going to like totally, I don't want to like come off like I'm slamming any of the arguments you just made. I just want to kind of point a couple things out. Maybe it'll give you a new perspective. Maybe not. I don't really care. You kind of mentioned the spot of like, there's not that many, maybe only 12 quarterbacks averaging like enough points to where you'd want to like have them as a second quarterback. Am I kind of cliff noting that? Consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Obviously only three game sample size. So small sample, but just on points per game, uh, there are 23 quarterbacks averaging 15 points a game or more. And then if you go to uh, Trevor Lawrence is 27th in points per game, he's averaging 13. So like Trevor Lawrence, by all accounts, has been terrible. He's averaging 13, which I would argue, even if he stays at playing like shit, averaging 13 a game, that those 13 a game would be where it would be more than what you're going to get out of whoever you start as your OP. Basically, position. your third flex. And and you're kind of having to like you're having to like you have like five options of who you can start in that OP. You're having to pick you have to pick the right guy every week. That's like also part of the hard decision where it's like if you just have the second quarterback, you're just playing that guy. You don't have to like think about it. Whereas like like you said, last week you started Latavius Murray, he got two, and Emmanuel Sanders got twenty two, and Emmanuel Sanders could have been that guy. But he wasn't. You kinda you have to play that guessing game like every week of like I have to pick the right guy for this OP spot um, in order for that kind of to play out. And I'd also say like your upside is much lower with like a Emmanuel Sanders, whoever versus like a Trevor Lawrence, like Trevor Lawrence has played like shit. He's still averaging 13. He could go on a hot run and average like 20 points a game for five or six weeks. I'm not saying it's likely, but it's definitely a lot more likely than Emmanuel Sanders averaging 18 or 20 points a game in the second act in that spot. So that's why I would say the value of quarterbacks is so high and why I don't think, like, obviously, again, going back to the AMAC trade, there was some value left on the table, but I understand it from his point and, like, wanting to upgrade to Derek Carr, who's averaging 23 points per game, from Mac Jones, who um, is near the bottom. He's averaging 12 a game. So he's getting, like, on average, two, three weeks, he's getting an 11-point boost um, out of that OP spot, which I would say is pretty huge if you're getting an extra 11 points a game. Um, that's a pretty big boost. Yeah, it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like Chris doesn't, to get doesn't have a lot of experience in Superflex leagues, and so he's at a slight disadvantage over people who do have experience in Superflex leagues. Well, okay, one thing I'll say, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the throwing a bone there, but I will say, I think it's pretty fair. Like, I think Superflex is pretty fair, just in the sense that, like, going in, like, you know you should have two QBs. I just fucking forgot. So, like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like I like went in strategically thinking like, Oh, I'm not going to get a second, you know, starting yeah. quarterback. I would I say, honestly, like, you should have three QBs leaving the draft. That's oh, totally. No, no, no. That's but like two for sure. in the starting yeah, lineup, right, right? Like I don't, I don't disagree with that at all, but I will say just to go back a little bit on your point about Trevor Lawrence, like week one is really buoying his 13 points per game average. Week two, he was at 8.8 .8. week three. He was at nine and a half. 
Yeah, he's so like, been pretty shit recently. And I would say he's probably going to land somewhere in the middle. Of that he's probably going to be like in the. If I had to guess at this point, obviously he has, he's just not look great. He's probably going to be in the fourteen to fifteen points. So you think game, his right? average is going to go up? You think he's going to look better than he has? Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's a nine point per game scorer for the rest of the year. I feel like you know, it would ha I would assume it's going to get better. Um, you know, I could be wrong. Uh, I would say, I would say that there's a better chance it goes higher. There's a better chance that he goes above 15 points per game and is better than he stays at nine. I would bet that, but you know, that's my I, opinion. I, I would, I would agree wrong, with but... that, but I also think that there's there are better trades that I can make out there uh, for better quarterbacks, more consistent quarterbacks, more proven quarterbacks, and better offensive systems uh, than the opportunities I have. Yeah, frankly, I'm not saying I'm not saying like long. I'm not saying like you're an idiot for not taking Trevor Lawrence from me. Um, obviously, I'm going to try to throw him out there to you because you need a second quarterback, and I have a third one. I'm going to throw about. I'm going to try to get an offer when I can. It's going to happen. I'm not saying you're an idiot for not taking him. I just think you know, you know, you have a better excuse than Connor. You forgot as a superflex. Connor's like, oh, I'm not. I don't know what to do. That was Connor's <laughs> excuse for not having more than two quarterbacks. Uh, but you're not. I you're did have more spot. than two. Get your facts right. I did draft three quarterbacks. Oh, nice yeah, try, Eric. Once you again, your it. facts are always wrong on this podcast. You always make it a... up, and then you make fun of what you made up. I appreciate it. You're just in a tough spot now because, like, there's a lot of people who do only have two quarterbacks, and like the people who mm -hmm. have three, some of them maybe don't want to trade because they want to have like the insurance, and like totally. some, of the, yeah. some of the people who have three quarterbacks, the third guy they have isn't great. Like I have Trevor Lawrence, he hasn't been great. Curtis has three quarterbacks. His third quarterback is Zach Wilson. You're not feeling great about him. Amac has three quarterbacks now. His third quarterback's Mac Jones. You're not feeling great about that now. Like Hovey, Hovey, <laughs> Hovey has you know, Jones as his third quarterback. That's probably your best option. But it's like, does Hovey want to trade him or does he want to have the insurance? Like yeah. Joe has four quarterbacks, but they all suck. So you probably don't want to trade all them. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So you're in like a shitty spot. It's just like sucks for you that obviously the draft didn't go well for you. Now you're just in like this kind of shithole spot. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that I've learned, and and I think this we we see this with the Derek Carr trade is that it's really hard to trade quarterbacks and get value back that you like that is reasonable. Like you have to either give up a lot more to get a decent quarterback, or you give up a lot to get a shit quarterback. Like like just like you mentioned, if someone why yeah. would anyone want to trade away their third quarterback? Like eventually you're gonna have a bye week, you're gonna want to be able to play a guy there. On top of which, it's like like you mentioned before, so many quarterbacks score so many points. It, it to have an equivalent point trade doesn't make any sense at all, right? Because or it would be incredibly difficult to pull off. So it, it's definitely something that I've had to learn since I do lack experience in superflex leagues. Not only should you draft quarterbacks, but once you get them, you got to hold on to them, man. They're yeah. Special. Shout out to Kobe to... Brissett, zero dollars <laughs> on waivers. Love yeah. One more thing, just on that, is before we go in here, because we've. Have we on been here, harping like, on this for a bit? It's like uh, the, the trades that are happening. It's like <laughs> going in. Spencer has four quarterbacks. Amac only has two. Like Spencer holds all the negotiation power in the deal because like Amac is the one who needs the quarterback. So Spencer holds like that bargaining chip of having four of them and one of them, you know, his third best being Derek Carr, who's like this really good quarterback. It's like when Tristan goes into deals, he doesn't have a lot of room to like negotiate because 
he's when ultimately comes down to it, he's the one who needs the quarterback and the people who have the who have the extra quarterback, they kinda hold the bargaining power. Yeah, it's so almost like with experience again, it puts you you gain, in spot. Like, advantage because you understand how the system works. If you don't understand, you just have zero leverage in trade negotiations. Crazy. You know, Spence, Spencer's never played in the Superflex League and you know here he is with the best team in the league. Dude, so. Spencer's just a uh, fantasy there savant. I only wish I could be like him someday. But go, 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 the one Chris. thing I will say to uh to wrap this up, um on the uh, Spencer team, shout out Spencer for shout out Spencer for win. putting up he's with got, my tech he's got, bullshit. He's got a he's got a great team. The caveat to that uh, being in in exploring trade opportunities with uh, uh, with Spencer, he led he led off uh, with saying, uh, <laughs> "I'm not gonna lie, I'm greedy as shit, so I'm trying my best to figure out a way." That I can end up with CMC, <laughs> and and uh, followed that up with um, followed that up with saying, "Sorry, I'm so shitty at this. LOL. There's so many options. I'm having a hard time narrowing it down." Essentially saying he's oh yeah, and then he, he's quoted saying, "I have a tough time knowing what values to put on people." So we start out with that to like start the trade conversations. He get he just comes unhinged just absolutely unhinged and toward the end of the conversation he he put he puts back to me he he quotes he quotes eric as as his uh as his like oracle of trade values <laughs> quotes eric saying that uh something i off one of the trades that i offered him wasn't enough value and so then we go back and forth about and I'm like standing firm in that the Ericsons are literally the face of lowballing and should not be taken as like the barometer of trade values. Very true. Very true. And yeah. Thank you, Fake news. No, they, uh, as, they, as, no, they have the real value in their head, but they never start with that. They always lowball you initially to see if they can fuck you. Just gotta oh, yeah. hold your ground. No. Absolutely. So all to say, great job to Spencer for, you know, frankly, policing. AMAC in this and you know getting more value than than what he what he gave up uh but also no shout out to spencer for bad trade values and using the ericsons as uh as a barometer for uh for values in this world got to find other people to trade with i guess yeah uh, there we, we go have, we did have one other trade chris and uh spencer made a deal um josh gordon got signed by the chiefs on monday um chris picked up josh gordon on Monday, because he had player playing in the Monday night game, he dropped out Scotter. He didn't trade Josh Gordon to Spencer for AJ Dillon. I uh, got some inside news here. Spencer asked Chris to uh, to pick up Josh Gordon because he said he'd make a trade with him. So that kind of that's how uh, that all started. Um, Spencer don't have Fab, or he didn't have the player to drop because it was like he got signed on Monday, so like everyone was locked oh, except if you had a guy in the Monday night game. Chris had Goddard on his bench, so he asked him to drop him and pick him up. Then to make the trail. Oh, I've ordered a, a very hot waiver wire pickup this week. Exactly. Yeah. Have, just quickly, because we've gone long here, I'd rather have Dylan in the deal. I get the Josh Gordon hype, but I'm not buying it. Um, I feel like we've had the situation come up multiple times now with Josh Gordon. Um, obviously, the Chiefs are kind of looking for uh, someone, another receiver outside of Kelsey and Hill. Um, I don't Josh Gordon could be that guy, but I would say um, there's a better chance that A.J. Dylan is a player who can win you the league versus Josh Gordon. You know, if Aaron Jones went down, got injured, 
Yeah. Or if something happened to him, AJ Dillon would automatically become a top 15 running back every week. Um, it just goes to show you how good of a team chance. Spencer has, where yeah. he cannot roster AJ Dillon. He'd rather have two different defenses than Josh Gordon because yeah. his team is so good. Doesn't matter. I would just say there's a better chance of AJ Dillon becoming like a top 15 running back than there is of Josh Gordon becoming a top 20 wide receiver. Definitely. But maybe I'm wrong. Agreed. So I'll give the edge to Chris there. Um, uh, one guy who did play on Monday was uh, Miles Sanders. He was healthy for that game, but we want to check in with our sources on the ground to see if he'll be ready for week four here. So I'll go to Connor. Yep, yep. Um, it was a Monday night game, which is always kind of tough, you know, uh, later in the week. Tough one to find. My source is sending me a message over AOL right now. Miles Sanders does not have COVID this week. Back to you, Eric. Great to hear. And uh, Connor, you've uh, put some money, our league money, into stocks. And uh, how how is that doing? Yeah, so I didn't put league money. I put everyone's buy-ins. And I didn't put it into stock. I put it into an index fund because uh, I believe in in very small gains over long periods of time. So for those of you keeping track at home, uh, $1,200 in the Vanguard S&P 500 fund. That right now, since I bought it, is down $30.97. So uh, Connor not is not only unemployed, he's also losing money. It's been a rough couple weeks for the stock market. Stock so, mar- yeah, uh, stock market has been struggling. So that's all right. We'll, we'll bounce back. We always do. We got a rally coming. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's quickly just go through the waivers here. I feel like this has been the least. This is the least exciting waiver week. Super quiet. Um, you know, not as many big names on Although the table. Although I didn't think Peyton Barber would go for more, but yeah, Peyton Barber was a top uh, bid, sixteen dollars to Curtis. Looks like the next bid was uh, uh, there wasn't any bids on Peyton Barber from anyone else, so that was the only bid at sixteen dollars. Uh, Dallas Goddard was next to me for eleven. Tristan bid ten, so a close one there. Uh, Bengals defense two seven dollar bids. It goes to Ben because of uh, he's lower in the standings. Um, just looking at some of the other ads, Curtis also grabbed another running back, JJ Taylor, uh, James White out for the year now, so. Maybe some speculation that J.J. Taylor kind of steps into the James White role. Uh, I picked up Marlon Mack for $6. Um, a bunch of kind of smaller bids after that. We don't have to um, spend too much time here. Any Anyone that's staying up for you guys, uh, Tristan, I'll go to you. Any one pick uh, up that stood out? So you may have noticed, before last week, before the games, I picked up Peyton Barber uh, and had him for like a couple hours. And then I just couldn't bring myself to actually roster Peyton Barber um, and like pick up on the hype of his projection from ESPN. So I dropped him for Amir Abdullah, and uh, and there there goes Peyton, uh, that man Peyton running for you know 100 and whatever yards it was. Yeah. Um, I I just I don't know. I think there's a reason why there were no other bids. I think everyone just cannot trust him. Um, so I was. I was shocked at, still that it went. He went for sixteen, but um, I think Dallas Goddard was was the best pickup of the week. Uh, shout out, shout out to uh, you for that. Yeah, he was obviously dropped as part of that Josh Gordon deal um, by Chris. And yeah, I think with Barbara, I feel like I feel like the the general consensus is that Jacobs will be back. You know, maybe as soon as this week rather than later. So that kind of takes Peyton Barber out of the picture. Um, yeah, he's also the the third running back 
on the Raiders, you know, because they have Kenyon Drake, who's a known commodity. And yeah, I would say, Barber's you know, kind of been Barber... better than Drake so far, but yeah, I, I don't mean, know. You never really know. What they you have a different get. roles though in the offense. Yeah, um, but I just feel like Barber historically just doesn't really have the talent level. I mean, maybe he'll go off this year. Maybe he finds a good spot. But there's a reason he's bounced around a lot. So it's like one of those things, too. People see he's the third string running back. He doesn't have a history of success. And that's all I really care about because I chase points. Um, and, yeah, I can see why he went for 16. I thought he'd go for more. But what can you do? My favorite pickup of the week uh, It's going to Brandon Bolden, dude. Shout out Tristan. I think that might be a better play than what is some J.J. Taylor guy. Brandon Boulder's been yeah, on the you. Patriots for years, man, a special teamer. Bill Belly loves the hell out of that guy. Can you catch the ball? He can run some routes. I, I think I would say he's like my personal favorite to take that James White role. Yeah, he's um, he's not he's not he's not he doesn't have the name White and he's not white skinned, so right. we'll see if he gets the ball. But we'll uh yeah, I mean yeah, Brandon Bolden for free and I I'm actually pretty bullish on Anthony Miller too, and I, I was surprised that he didn't get picked up uh on the waivers yeah, he as got well. A I think he, last week. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's he was still available, he was, right? No, I picked him up. Oh, you picked him up today. Okay. Uh, so I got him and, and Bolden for for freeze, and uh, yeah, I think I think Anthony Miller is going to be a nice addition to uh, to Houston. He was a he was a scratch the first couple of weeks, and he started his first game and showed out pretty well. So yeah, I'm pretty bullish on him. I liked uh, Jerry went with Dalton Schultz for two bucks. I think he's, I mean, hard to say if he's going to be able to keep this up. I think Dalton Schultz is tight end five right now. He had two touchdowns on Monday, but uh, John U. Smith was Jerry's tight end before. He has not been good, so switching it up there, going for something with Dalton Schultz. Yeah, but the I problem like with the, the Cowboys is that they also have Blake Jarwin. You got two tight yeah. ends that catch the ball, so it's. Yeah, it's I, 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 I don't. Ex- I mean, he's tight end five right now. I don't expect that to keep going, but hey, for two dollars, uh, worth the chance for Jerry when you're starting Johnny Smith as your tight end. Um, I don't blame him. Uh, let's jump through the previews real quick. Uh, look at the matchups here. Um, as I pull up the scoreboard oh. for this week. Yeah, first I, match up yeah, I collected all of our predictions from last week, and we also have an update on the season long. Do I want to give those? Yeah, sure. All right, last week I uh, was a paltry two and four. So was Eric. Joe went four for two. So that means for the season, once again, we missed week one. I am two and ten, which makes a lot of sense. Uh <laughs> That, that's that's in line with how much I know about fantasy this year, judging by how trash my team is. Eric's 4-8. and eight. That makes a lot of sense, too. Eric talks a big game. He actually doesn't know shit. And our guest is 6-6. Six and six. So apparently uh, we should just have the guest always host the podcast because Eric and I are clueless. All right, so our first matchup here is Connor versus Jerry. Do we have a name for this one? No names for any of these. So okay. off the fly. How about I would say the Battle of the Pretties because obviously me and Jerry are the prettiest guys in the league. Got it. All Obviously. right. So the battle, the prettiest. Uh, Connor, let's go with you. Who are you taking in this one? Um, I, I always take myself, so I'll take myself. I think if there's any year that I'm going to knock off Jerry, it's going to be this year. It's clearly, you know, he's – I mean, obviously he's a fantasy powerhouse, uh, but he's just not the top three guy that he's been historically. I think we can maybe uh, say he's having an off year. And I'm having a very normal year for me because my team sucks dick. So I would say that it's – if any year that I'm going to beat Jerry – it's going to be this year. I'm taking myself. I'm going with Connor as well. I feel Get like out of going... here. No way. You're going with me? Jerry's team is Why, trending dude? down. Jerry's team is trending down. What? We mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast with the play of his running backs. Heavy, heavily reliant on the receivers, which you know can kind of be a shakier position. Uh, Connor's team, we mentioned some of his, you know, his come-ups. 
Um, so far, I feel like, uh, you know, Connor's team may be trending up a little bit. Jerry's team trending down. Catching Jerry at the right time. I'm going with Connor. Tristan, what, what, do, you, what do you got in this one? I think there's, I think there's something brewing here. I think, uh, I think the magician's going to pull something out of the hat. And uh, I'm going with Connor on this one. I, uh, I I feel like I've been shitting on Jerry this whole episode. Uh, shout out Jerry, but Jerry. I think not. Ju- I think the teams are like fairly shitty, um, like equally shitty. But um, I love Connor's matchups. Jerry's matchups are really tough, and I don't think I think it's going to be more of a stalemate in those. Um, I think he's going to have a hard time putting up points like he did last week. And I think Connor's got the easier schedule with all of his players. So going Connor to sweep. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is mentioned to match us. I mean, Brady against the Patriots. I don't know how that one's going to go. The Patriots Definitely gonna watch obviously aren't, aren't, aren't a strong offensive team, but defensively are pretty solid. Russell Wilson going against the 49ers. Tough defense there. He's obviously got DK Metcalf against the 49ers as well. CeeDee Lamb and Schultz going against the Panthers, who have been kind of the surprise strong defense so far this year. And, uh, you know, J.D. McKissick going against Atlanta. Obviously, Atlanta's a good matchup, but having J.D. McKissick as the RB2 in his lineup now, uh, you're not feeling great about that. And Damian Harris is RB1 going against Tampa Bay, who is, you know, by far and away the best run defense. Um, And Robert Woods and Rondell Moore going against each other, and both of those defenses have been showing out this year. So I think it's just got a tough road. Yeah, Connor's got Tannehill against the Jets. I mean... Great matchup there. Kamara against the Giants. Great matchup. McCorn against Atlanta. I mean, kind of your heavy hitters have good matchups. Mike Williams against Vegas. You like that matchup. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Brissett or Winston, I don't know where you're going to go there. Uh, both of them have pretty good matchups, but uh, kind of like Winston against the Giants. But, um, but yeah, we got the clean sweep for Connor, so... I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm saying you. I don't think you can call him that. Now, people. that's for sure. Everyone's picking. I think this could be the week, though, Connor. To your point earlier, the Callaway starts to show up and becomes that receiver that you think he's going to be. No Going regrets, the Connor. Just because you guys are no saying regrets. that, I might have to start his ass. God damn it. No regrets. Uh, our next matchup, we got Hovey versus Amac. I'm gonna, Connor. I'm going to call this one the Shout Out Showdown. Uh, Hovey versus Amac. <laughs> Let's go to Tristan first. Who do you like in this one? I like Hovey. I think Hovey's got a great squad. I think uh, Hovey is he's he's not at the Spencer level from a uh, you know from a, a squad perspective, but I think he's up there. Um, I like his starting lineup much more than than Amax, even with the trade that Amax made. Edwards Alaire is struggling. Melvin Gordon, although he's getting more touches, he's still splitting time. Odell's fresh off injury, showed out well last week, but you know I, I think that he's you know he's he's going to have a tougher week this week. Um, I mean, Cole Be- Beasley is wide receiver too. Yeah, he gets targets. He's a target beast, but he's anti-vax and he might die. Um, Hunter Renfro is wide receiver three. I think it's just a tough, a tough ask. And I like, I like Hobie's, uh Hobie's lineup more. You know, aside from Corey Davis, but uh, yeah, I think Hobie pulls this one out. Shout out, Hove. Yeah, I'm going with Hobie as well. In fact, the uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, he's been incredible so far. That's been a huge boost to Hobie's lineup. Zeke, it was kind of a rough. Couple first weeks, but last week with the monster game, kind of feel like he's he's on that upswing. Um, Jamar Chase obviously was a huge pickup for him. I'm not I don't I'm not sure what he drafted him for, but it couldn't have been too crazy. But 
Um, he's got four touchdowns already in three games. So I'm um, going with Hovey to win this one as well. Connor, is it a clean sweep for the Hove? It is. I uh, I mean, I think objectively Hovey's team's fantastic and McCory's team is, is below fantastic. But I also don't like McCory's matchups this week. I mean, the Chargers just shut down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and they're playing uh, Vegas this week. And McCory's now essentially the Las Vegas Raiders of the EIG. He's got Derek Carr. Hunter Waller and uh, sorry Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. So I, I think across the board, Hovey is a better team, and I think that McCory has some tough matchups. So I'm going Hovey. Yeah, the shout out showdown is a clean sweep for Hovey and questionable for Sunday. Shout out Hove, shout out Amac. Uh, our next guy, our next matchup is myself versus Curtis. Connor has this as tall guys united. Yeah, y'all are tall, uh, you know. Matchup of the week, apparently, according to Connor. Oh, I definitely think this is the matchup of the week. Uh, first of all, it's like the closest predictions. That you guys both have really good teams. I mean, you've been lucky in that you're 3-0 and with like an above-average team. Curtis is 1-2 and with an above-average team. I think it's going to be really close. I think it's definitely going to go down to the wire. And I think that Curtis is going to come out on top. You know, last week I picked against myself, against Jerry. and uh, You were wrong. I was wrong. I'm going to pick against myself again this week. I'm He's going such with Curtis. A pussy. I feel like my team has, I've run good. Like the fantasy defense has been on my side. I have the least points against by far. Um, that's obviously aided to my three, no start. My team isn't bad. I don't think it's three, no good. Uh, I also have some guys banged up. Uh, Sterling Shepard went out last week with a hamstring injury. Marcus Valdez caught a touchdown late last week, but also went out with an injury. Um, Daryl Henderson missed last week. His still questionable for this week. Kittle is questionable. I think he'll play, but obviously banged up there. Um, some injuries to some guys I definitely need in the lineup. Uh, I'm gonna go with Curtis. Tristan, who do you uh, who are you taking in this one? This is this is a really tough one. I'm gonna go Eric. Um, I think Curtis has some decent matchups, but Eric, I like I like your lineup. I think the Seattle San Francisco game is gonna be a bruiser. I think Carson's just going to get fed for a while. Um, Zach Moss is is starting to come true. He's got a nice matchup against Houston. Um, could get some goal line, some goal line runs just right up the gut. Um, I just I, I think it's going to be close, but I think you're going to pull it out. Um, I, I like your matchups a little bit more. Shout I hope Eric. hope you're right there. Our next matchup, the true valuable Tristan versus Spencer. Uh, Tristan, I'll start with you. Give us the breakdown on this one. I'm going to get fucked. So, uh, <laughs> shout out Spencer. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking, we talked about Spencer's team a lot on this podcast. I feel like, uh, it's kind of hard not to pick, to pick him. So I'll, I'll cut my analysis short there. I'm going with Spencer. Shit. Well, I was also, I was going to pick Spencer as well. I was hoping you guys wouldn't, but looks like we're all on the same page on this one. He's projected to win by like 25 points right now. Yeah, Spencer. Shout out, Shout out ESPN. Shout out ESPN. Those ESPN rankings, dude. You better watch out. Pretty accurate. The, uh, our next one is the college roommate rumble, Chris versus Jordan. Uh, Connor, I'll go to you first. Who do you like in this one? So as of right now, Jordan's a 20-point favorite, approximately. Now that might depend on uh, you know people uh, making substitutions and the whatnot. Um, but personally, I have been a believer in this guy for for a long time. I know he's 0-3, but I thought he had a good draft. I think he's making some decent trades. Uh, I'm going to take Chris. i to take my boy Chris. And can I yeah, just I say mean... one thing, though? Can I say one thing really quickly? Eric, have I, this year in particular, every time we have the podcast, 
I feel like I've been singing Chris's praises for his team. Is that not true? Uh, sure. No, it's it's more than a sure. That's an a, affirmative. Yes. I mean, you have picked him like in uh, I think in multiple times this I've year. I picked so him to win multiple times. I I had him fair. in the higher end of my draft rankings, or and I've been talking up his team. I think he's had a couple really good pickups. Just this past weekend, dude, he told me that uh, he doesn't think I'm a good podcaster. Can you believe that guy? Shots fired, dude. Wow. Shots fired. Wow. That really burned me, hurt my feelings uh, a good chunk. I definitely reflected about that in my diary. However, his team is still really good. I'm still going to stand behind it. I got Chris beating Jordan. I'm going to go I'm going to go with Chris too. I feel like the bad luck has to come to an end some point. I feel like the projections off right now cuz Dalvin Cook is on his bench versus Alexander Madison and obviously Cook is questionable, but I'm sure the projected for Cook is like he's going to play. Yeah. So I wouldn't take that too much into effect. But uh I'm just looking at Chris's lineup like he's just got a super solid starting lineup when you look at it. Um you know, Jared Goff isn't the sexiest quarterback too, but He's getting the job done so far. They're losing, so they're passing a lot. So you got to like have Nat as your quarterback too, and Herbert as his quarterback one, Cook and Gibson or Madison and Gibson as the two running backs, super solid. DJ Moore, Thielen, Tower Boyd, Michael Pittman Jr. I mean, you go down his lineup, it's just real solid um, compared to Jordan, where I feel like there's a little more volatility. There's maybe a higher there's some maybe a higher upside with Jordan's team, uh, but a lower floor. Whereas I feel like Chris is you're just getting that consistent output from his guys. Tristan, are you are we making a, a, a sweep for Chris, or are we going to Jordan? Yeah, I th- well, I think that there's a ghost that's kind of hovering around this matchup, <laughs> uh, and it goes by the name Abby Larson. And I think that uh, Abby Larson is going to haunt is going to haunt Jordan this week. And uh, yeah, I agree. I think the projections are a little off. I think Chris is in a better position. I also love just strategically that Jordan's QB two is going to be throwing to Chris's guys all all game. I think Logan Thomas is going to get some. He's going to get some touches, especially in the end zone. Um, obviously. Gibson is gonna he's gonna get a lot of touches in the game. I just like I just like how he's positioned. I think Herbert was onto something last week uh, and it doesn't stop there. Um yeah, I just I like the matchups uh and I like I like how Chris is positioned against uh against Jordan's team. I think that's gonna be advantageous. Clean sweeper Chris. And our last matchup here, Joe for Spend, Senior Citizens Anonymous. They are two two of our older uh league members matching up here. Um, I'm gonna go with Ben. Uh, Joe's team is just not that great. His quarterback plays terrible. I mean, uh, rolling out Matt, two of Matt Ryan, Ben, Big Ben, or Jimmy G every week rough. is uh is rough. Yeah, uh, that's that that that's uh describing it lightly. I would say, um, Ben. Injury Island, a new team name for Ben. He's obviously, you know, he's got some guys banged up. Um, you know, it'd be if if he had T. Higgins in his lineup, that would obviously be a big boost. Don't know if you're going to see him. Deontay Johnson, questionable. Julio Jones, questionable. Uh, he could be down some guys, you know, as 
as the week goes on and his lineup maybe changes because of injury, I may regret this pick, but I'm going to go with Ben. Uh, Tristan, who, who are you taking? Yeah, I think you called it, though, on, on the injuries. Um, that's going to make this one really interesting. Because of that, I'm actually going to go the other way, and I'm going to take Joe. Shout out, Joe. Um, I think your team is ass, but um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you. I love the talent that Ben has, but I just think he doesn't – he has no options really at wide receiver if any more people go down or just don't play this week. Um, he's going to be struggling. I just don't like the matchups he has on the bench. Um, I think I think it's a cleaner week for, for Joe, even though his quarterback play is awful. I think Barkley, Henry, and I think Tyreek is going to get back on, on a nice game, and he's gonna, they're going to lead him to victory uh, over his senior citizen brethren, Ben. All right, Connor, break the tie here. Who are you taking? Well, it's tough. Like, I look at Ben's team. You know, obviously, a lot of other teams in the league are dealing with injury. He renames his team name to Injury Island, but he keeps his picture as Iron Pyrite, also known as Fool's Gold. Has not updated his image. Personally, I think that's bad luck. I think if you change your name, you got to change the image. I would expect maybe a cast here, maybe some type of, you know, I don't know, something related to being injured, some or even island. Give me, give me a picture of the Bahamas or something. It would be much better than leaving it stuck on Iron Pyrite, also known as Fool's Gold. For that sole reason, and also because, uh, Eric, you took Ben, and I feel like I need to make some leeway in catching up to your winning percentage, I'm to I'm take Joe this week, mostly on a prayer. Joe, please win this week. Please do it for me. Respect it. Um, I don't know. We've gone a little long here. I don't know where we're at time-wise, Connor. We're doing fine. Uh, we uh, Ish. asked for some life advice questions from our, from our listeners <laughs> we're, here. We're pretty deep. We're doing all right. <laughs> Tristan, can you stick around right for a couple more minutes? Oh yeah, we got time, boys. All right, we got time. Okay, let's just get to a couple. We'll save. Let's get some a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, so can you give us a little bit of background on this? Uh, yeah, yeah. Where's segment? the where's the context this, here? This is a, it's a new segment. Yeah, what is on, this? Man. Yeah, new segment. New segment. Exactly. I feel like you know, me and Connor, we're not just incredible podcast hosts. According to everyone besides Chris, incredible fantasy football players. I feel like we're just you know extremely knowledgeable human beings we are uh, very multifaceted we have a lot of experience in the world uh in many different uh realms if you want to call it of, of life and i feel like you know we could do some good for our listeners we could give back to our listeners at the end of each podcast and answer their you know hard-hitting life questions of you know whatever they they have uh come up with whatever they want to bring to us so our first question here uh from one of our listeners they say they're working on their buy low, sell high strategy. Connor is, a, you know, an expert in this one. Talk to me about your approach and how I can leverage and evolve my diversification strategy. So this any is deriv- uh-huh. any derivatives, cryptos, or Pokemon TCG packs I should be on the lookout for. Definitely. Well, first of all, uh, buy low, sell high is a patented strategy that I've been Im- implementing in my investment portfolio for years, and I can tell you as someone who's currently losing money on the S&P 500 Vanguard fund that I only make good decisions. Okay. So first of all, I love where your head's at, whoever this anonymous person is. Second of all, when it comes to Pokemon trading cards, first of all, you got to get out of the Pokemon, dude. It's all about Yu-Gi-Oh now. People love Yu-Gi-Oh these days. Okay. Now I know what you're saying, Connor. I know what you're saying. Why would I go to Yu-Gi-Oh from Pokemon 
Like, why, why am I staying stagnant in, in a market? I want to know what's going to happen next. Well, here's some insight. All right. Go out right now and buy a bunch of Digimon cards because they're going to blow up. And, and definitely they're going to blow up within the next five years. It might not be next year. It may not be three years from now, but they're going to blow up. Go out there. Go get yourself a Digimon pack. Thank me later. Um, in terms of implementing the buy low, sell high strategy, you know, something I learned in college, it was something that I had to take a class for. So there's a lot of minutia. Uh, there's a lot that goes into making these decisions that you probably wouldn't understand or comprehend. But all I'll say is if you see something that's low price, you pick that up. And you know what? And, and you sell it when it's a higher price. Exactly. You know, one of the, uh, one of the, uh, potential investments they brought up is cryptos. I'm I'm uh, I'm going anti crypto here. I feel like uh, cryptocurrency is just uh, inflated by people who invest in it. They just uh, talk about how great it is, just so that it can pump up the value, even though they know that it's all this total bullshit. Um, no one can explain. Says the what, guy why. that was peddling NFTs on this podcast no like one, months no ago. One, Are you kidding no me, one, Eric? No, no one can really explain did? why these things have any value. <laughs> That's the most but, ironic statement you've ever made in your life. <laughs> but it's just oh, all... yeah, guys, I'm not into crypto. Like, you know, it's all worth nothing. Just go buy this gif of James Harden making a three-pointer. Come it's on, man. Just, uh, <laughs> it's, it's just these people who invest in it. They just have tons of money in it, and then mm. they just they just for some reason have importance and then they just talk about how great it is to so other schmucks like you know the low level people like like me buy into like it and then and then they sell when the value goes up and make a shit ton of money so I mean, anti-crypto on the question i mean sunday. i think that uh, first of all that's not a question for sunday take that's just one of our <laughs> podcast hosts is saying this okay so let, don't throw me under the bus like that what i'll say about crypto crypto is very similar to a very basic pyramid scheme it's that you got to get in early right Bit, uh, bitcoin's at 40k plus right now it's been sitting there for a while we should have got in earlier okay i got in a little earlier i didn't hold out to 40k obviously i got in at like 4,000, and I, I i think i doubled my money which is totally fine i remember in college my chemistry lab partner was this weirdo guy he was rich as shit he didn't do anything related to our labs whatsoever. He asked me to mine crypto with him back in probably 2013. Now, that would have been getting in early. Fortunately, I didn't take him up on it because I was like, I got 100 bucks in my bank account. Can't just buy a 2K PC all of a sudden to mine some imaginary coins. But I do think one thing, though. There actually are certain cryptos that I wouldn't say are completely useless, i.e. they use the blockchain to do something. Sometimes it's to uh, regulate like a contract to make sure that's like written record. Sometimes it's to verify transactions. Dogecoin is literally there's nothing with Dogecoin. If, if Elon Musk t tweets about Dogecoin, the price doubles. Okay, it's just proving my point. No, no, I would say Dogecoin fits into that category, but not all other cryptos do. So, Tristan, can I add here? here? I, oh, I just want to ask. A quick, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, really appreciate. <laughs> Really appreciate the advice. I mean, as a, you know, as a listener, I'm getting a lot from this. Um, a couple of things. One, uh, do you guys do you guys need to have? I mean, legally, you know, with with the podcast, it's such a big thing these days. You know, do you do you need to have a you know kind of a disclaimer saying, hey, look, you know, we we're giving advice, but we are not responsible exactly. for yeah. 
know, for the trades you make. Or no, are I, you going I the opposite direction? And, that's how confident we are. Yeah. Yeah. We'll right, take responsibility right. that's what I, for all your losses. That's what I was thinking. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, second thing, uh, and this isn't as spicy as uh, Eric, your take, your your take last week. Um, uh, just I'm asking, uh, yeah, asking if we should tweet at Sean King. <laughs> it's, it's not that it's not that spicy, but uh, um, can we say that Bitcoin is the Mary Kay of crypto? Ooh, isn't Mary Kay like that? Uh, it's like that uh, Ponzi scheme, right? That pyramid scheme where you like set like yeah, with with the pink Cadillacs women. and all yeah, the white stay women. Stay home moms sell to other stay home yeah. moms. Yeah. You hear you heard it here first on Question for Sunday. It's definitive take. Bitcoin right is the uh, Mary Kay. The Mary Kay of crypto. Yeah. <laughs> One more thing, Connor. You mentioned Yu-Gi-Oh. I feel like the power rankings would be uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Magic the no, Gathering. No, 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 no. First of Pokemon. all, once again, you weren't—you clearly weren't listening to me, which is very oh, typical Digimon, on the Digimon, podcast. Digimon. Digimon is number one because that's about to blow up. Then Yu-Gi-Oh because it's going to blow up. And then there's Pokemon, which has already blown up. And then Magic the Gathering's just for fucking nerds. So that being said, check it out. Pokemon Evolving Skies Booster Pack. That is my investment right there. Whoa, Eric, are you? Is this? Is this proof? of diversification because exactly. last last i knew you were just into sports cards i'm into uh, sports cards the, i'm into pokemon eric's into everything the blaster boxes i mean Everyone. the donruss uh you know rookies like that was your domain but this this is you uh walking the walk and and taking your advice of of of, of life advice from the leaders. this is so why I, this is I why like people it. come to us for life advice and why we're yeah. adding it to the show one more question here for throughout the show i'm a listener here should I get two cats? Don't have any other context about this person, you know, where they're at in life. Would like to, maybe would like to know a little more. Um, Tristan, I'll, I'll, I'll start with you. Give us your opinion on potentially uh, a listener of the show adding two cats to their family. Wow. Let's, I mean, let's assume uh, from our demographics, uh, this is a male listener. Yeah, what an assumption. <laughs> I mean, two, you know, two, two cats. That's uh, that's a big that's a big ask. First of all, you know if you're if you're not a cat person, you know already, or you're not a pet person right now, two cats is it's asking a lot. You know, you a cat is not your friend. You know, a cat is not going to be something that walks up to you and sniffs your nuts and then wants to sit in your lap. That's not a cat. You know, a cat is going to sit there. A cat's going to taunt you. A cat's going to knock something off the shelf. Cat's gonna eat you when you die in your own house due to COVID. If you're anti-vax, shout out Cole Beasley. I think he's the listener here. Um, shout out Carson Wentz. Shout out shout Carson out Wentz. Kyrie Irving. Shout out Andrew Wiggins. Uh, shout out Bradley Beal. Uh, I think shout two, out Donald two cats. Twenty twenty four. Two two cats tells me tells me two things. One, you're not a pet person. And I think if you're not a pet person. You shouldn't be investing in pets, as our leaders here would say. It's a bad investment strategy. Uh, look to uh, Pokemon, uh, whatever that, that skies was. Evolving skies. It, Digimon. Digimon. Yeah, evolving skies. Booster Yeah. Digital. Uh, I would. I, I would say go there. Go to. Go to the digital animals. Uh, I think we we know that's a better option. Two. You're getting two cats, felines. To me, that says you got no bitches. Mm. And if you got no bitches, 
uh, you're you're really looking to to those cats to satisfy your cravings. All they're gonna do is scratch your dick off. Even if you mm-hmm. go ahead with probably what you're thinking right now of putting catnip on your wiener. Shout out Joe. Uh, <laughs> probably not. Probably not something you want to do. It's gonna turn out bad. Uh, so Joe, don't do that. I know what you're thinking. It's okay. Okay, just leave the catnip there. Uh, leave the cats in the crate where they are. Don't go buy them. You got other options. You got the sock. No, you're in your parents' house. Be a little more quiet Sorry. about it. I'm like, I'm like ten seconds delayed. <laughs> I-, I was gonna say I don't no think cat. Uh, I don't think Ralph and Kathy are are cat people, so I don't know if this right. is Joe uh, emailing in, but if it is, uh, some additional steps to take. I think that was a great answer. Uh, I have an answer. I mean, can I can you hit me up uh, go ahead, for yeah. my take on this? Uh, don't do it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a not. No a, for I've, me. I've never had pets before, so uh, I got two kids. Uh, I don't think that's very comparable to two. I cats. think they're uh, equally comparable. They're exactly the same. It's like having. We don't know. Yep. Again, we don't know a lot of life circumstances. This person, do they have a significant other? Are these kittens? Are they uh, full-grown cats? Also, uh, I mean, know. as someone who used to live in a house where there was a cat, and then another ca- cat came into the situation, and I had to remove myself from that house, cats don't always get along, man, or girl, whoever this might be, but 99% chance it's a guy. Cats need some time to get used to each other. Cats, like, don't even always like each other, you know? They're gonna, they're gonna like, snarl and hiss at each other. You have to, like, introduce them slowly. It just seems like a, like a lot. You know, and as Tristan said, I think you, you should put some of those efforts towards getting bitches. Yeah, I feel I, I Tristan hit it on the head. Like if you're if you're wanting if you're wanting to go from zero cats to two cats, you're not a pet person. You're just like you're going way too big. You're trying you're to over... plug that hole in your heart. Yeah, you know? you're trying to fill a void that needs to be filled somewhere else. Yeah. You're you're overshooting your shot. You need like going one cat. I don't know how you guys feel about that decision. I would say no on that one. So two cats. Definitely a no. So that's what I would say to our listener here. And uh, that does it for our first edition of Life Advice and Show. We we had some additional questions we didn't get to today, but we can save for additional pods. Uh, again, if you want to email into the show uh, to have your questions answered, uh, I dropped my email in the Discord there for you guys to uh, to follow up with me. So we'll look to uh, close the pod with, with that every time. Uh, Let's well, wrap up here. Tristan, we appreciate you coming on, man. You were great Shout out, today. Tristan. Thanks That's for stopping awesome. by, man. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for sharing your advice. I mean, I, I just, I mean, my mind is just exploding right now with the knowledge that I just gained. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. Thanks for the time. It's been a, it's been a wonderful evening. And uh, can't wait to implement these new strategies into my life. Uh, Connor, any final words out there? Yeah, fuck the you, Chris. Uh, love everyone else. All right, guys. We'll catch you again next week. Uh, until next time. See you later. See ya. Peace.